Good morning to everybody. I'm glad that you're here this morning. If you are online or on the phone, then you are dialed in to First Baptist Church. Welcome, and I am Pastor Mark. Are you all ready to get your Jesus on? For the rest of you, we will be reading out of the letter to the Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 9 through 12 is what we'll be reading. Hopefully everybody got your own little suitcase that uh, came with your family. Don't try to pack anything in it. It's just for visual. I mean, I guess you could put like a bag of chips or something in it. Just don't put a Coke. What's in your suitcase? Currently, probably nothing. If there is, it's not my fault if there's something in there. Everybody know who Ray Stevens is? Some of you younger people might not know. Chris, you know who Ray Stevens is? Ellen knows. Ray Stevens is a uh, country singer and comedian. Um, who had a hit song back in 1992. The name of the song was the Mississippi Squirrel Revival. Make a note of it and look that up. If, we, if, if, if this was earlier in the service, we would have played it for you. But because of copyrights, infringement stuff. <laughs> in any case, um, but, but write that down. You might want to watch, watch it if you had never seen it before. But in that song, uh, Ray Stevens tells the story of him carrying a squirrel to church. He caught a squirrel. He put it in a box, punched holes in it, and, um, and he took that squirrel to church. Well, when he was in church, he was sitting by his good buddy Hugh, and he tried to show Hugh the squirrel. We opened up the box and the squirrel jumped out and went rampant through the church, running up people's legs and other interesting things. I mean, it, it wreaked havoc in the church and, and you just, it's just pretty funny um, as, as he describes the escapade of the chaos that happened in that church. Uh, what's it? First self-righteous church. Baptist Church or something like that is what the name of the church was. In any case, um, don't know. I don't know why I thought of that when preparing this, but it's there anyway. I share that with you to to ask you this: How many of you, with your children? have found interesting things that they might bring to church. Or maybe you caught them before they brought it to church. Some of you might have some stories to, to share with us. Um, and have you ever bring something interesting to church when you were a kid? Nobody? I mean, I couldn't because, you know, I would end up with no teeth. But that was a different day, a different age. Now, while children might carry a lot of different things with them when they leave home, 
For us brothers and sisters as Christians, we should be carrying certain things with us as we go through our life. When we leave church on a Sunday morning, we should be carrying things with us that accompany our salvation, that are signs of our salvation. So let's call these our spiritual suitcase. Now there are things that should be in these spiritual suitcases as we go out into the world. As Christians, there's a way of life that we're taught through God's word, isn't there? Things that we should be doing, things that we should be saying, how we should act and react. There are characteristics that accompany our salvation and our witness to the world. Now the writer of Hebrews lays out the, some of the things that should accompany those of us that are saved. So let's read our passage of scripture this morning in Hebrews 6 verses 9 through 12. And God's word says, But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget, to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. So verse 9 is talking about the previous five verses. And those verses talked about hearing and experiencing the gospel, but not really receiving it. Now, to be honest, churches that are meeting right now this morning, there are, are filled with people just like that. They, they hear the gospel. They experience the gospel, but they don't really take it. These are people that just got a taste of Christianity. One author calls them uh, spiritual taste testers. And I can see that. Do y'all know anybody like that? Now the writer of Hebrews states that even though he was laying out what these people were like, but he didn't believe that the readers of this letter were like that. And what he did believe was that they carried the, their holy suitcases with them just like a Christian is supposed to. But he lists four things that should be in those spiritual suitcases as we walk our walk in the world. And that first one, the first thing that, that he lists is assurance. We can carry an air of and an attitude, really, of assurance that God is watching what we do and that we should try to be pleasing Him. Now, is there anybody here that isn't assured that God is watching us? Because if you don't think He's watching you, 
maybe we need to have an in-depth conversation. Look at verses 10 and 11 again. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope to the end. See, the writer of Hebrews says that we can be assured that God is watching what we're doing for him and what we're doing for others. When we stand before God one day, and we all will, he's going to remember the things that we do for him. And he's going to remember the things that we do for our fellow mankind. Our society is full, is, is in a full-on assault on that principle about doing good. How many of you heard that, that saying, no good deed goes unpunished? Did you ever hear that? Instead of feeling good about ourselves and our, and our service to God through others, we're told if we do good that we're going to be punished. We're told that, 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 that why are you going to do that? Because nobody's going to appreciate it. Nobody's going to listen. Nobody's going to, going to care. How many people do you know or, or you heard about that won't get involved if they see a car accident or if they see, see if somebody falls out in front of them? How many times do you drive by when you see an accident? Nope. Instead of stopping to see if you can help. See, we're programmed. Well, if I get out and I help, something happens, I could get sued. Right? Maybe somebody will take my action wrong and they're going to take and, and, you know, make me accountable. Some kind of retribution that, that, that our world is, is teaching us, you know, not to, not to be involved in that kind of stuff. But that's the secular world that, that's getting into our lives. And it shouldn't be that way for Christians. See, God is with us. He's with us. And we're supposed to help our fellow men and women because we're followers of Jesus. You know, Christians have got kind of a bad reputation in the last 20 or 30 years or 40 years about being self-righteous, about just worrying about yourself, about being in exclusive and we are exclusive because we can't be a Christian without Christ, amen? However, the mission is to include, to reach out into the world, to those that are hurting, those that need. But the world doesn't really look, look at us very kindly. But we can be assured that God is going to see what we do 
and he's going to remember. We have to be mindful that what we do has eternal consequences. We can't do anything in the dark, brothers and sisters, because God is the light. That light shines on every part of our life, every part of our heart, every part of our soul. And that's for everybody. God is watching. So be assured that he's with you. We as Christians should be carrying this air of assurance, not arrogance, assurance. In other words, a confident knowledge that God is with us. And that assurance comes with our salvation. The next thing that we should place in our spiritual suitcase is a love for God. Look at verse 10 again. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. It's saying God's not unjust. That he's not going to forget how hard that you have worked for him and how you have shown your love for him by caring for other believers. And the writer says, and you still do. These things that we do are how we show our love for God. Do you know that? When we show love to others, that's how we're showing our love for God. But we're also showing our love from God to others. Our love for God is the motivating factor of everything that we do. It should be. And if it's not, then you need to shift gears. Everything we do should be tied to our love of God. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, Jesus plainly tells us about that. I mean, the religious leaders of the day had been trying to discredit Jesus by asking him questions that, that uh, they thought would show his ignorance of the law. And then one of them asked him that most important command, what the most important commandment was. What was the one thing that all believers must do? Where should our priorities be? And Jesus answered them in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, where he said, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. We're to love God with all that we are, with all that we have, with every bit of who we are, we're to love God. Then the writer of Hebrews tells us that this comes with our salvation, with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That we have that recognition that God loves us. And it's in here. It's in our hearts. It's in our soul. See, brothers and sisters, we cannot just love God on a Sunday morning. It can't just be 
an hour, hour and a half on a Sunday morning. We have to love him every day because that's a byproduct of our salvation. We do it because he is love. He saved us. And you've heard me say many times that Christianity isn't just a Sunday morning thing. And brothers and sisters, our salvation is not only a church condition. Your salvation is, is just not something that's just here on a Sunday morning. If you think that's what it is, that it ends when you leave out of here, then you are not saved. I'm just going to put it right out there. When we leave here on a Sunday morning, we need to carry our love for God with us in our spiritual suitcases. We need to be re revived, re-energized with that love. If you had a rough week the previous week, this gives you an opportunity to get plugged back in, to power up. Do we really love God? Or do we just play lip service to Him on a Sunday morning? Are we a casual Christian? Do we spend alone time with Him in prayer? Do we read the journal of His creation, the revelation of Himself to, to, to humankind, do we read the Bible any other time except for when you read it up on the screen on, on a Sunday morning? I know you guys, or some of you that are going, yeah, you say that every week. Because it's true. We try to always figure out a way to spend time with those that we love, don't we? Don't we always try to find out a way to be, be with the people that we care about? But do you adjust your schedule to spend time with the one, the one, Jesus, that you claim to love? A love of God accompanies our salvation. It has to be packed into our spiritual suitcase as we travel through this life. It has to be there. So you know what's next in this sermon? We got to love one another, right? We got to love each other. And that's hard because people are, man, they're just trifling. It's hard. You know, there are a couple of people here in, in our church that, that, you know, would rather not deal with people at all. I'm not mentioning any names. But they're part of life. That's what we're supposed to do. God is a relational God. We're supposed to love. He put love in our hearts. The Bible says that God is love. We're to have our spiritual suitcases filled with the love for each other as we travel through this life. I mean, that's part and parcel of our salvation too. 
All you got to do is look back to verses 10 and 11 again. I'm not going to read them. Just look. We need to love each other. It's not always easy. For, for those of you that are younger, I mean, all you have to do is, is talk to a married person. Do they always love their, their spouses? All the time? If you shake your head yes, you're lying. I'm just saying. Because there are times you just don't want to look at the other one. Except for you and me. We're good. It's amazing how so much of Scripture leads us to those two commands of loving God and loving each other. And I know you're going to hear it again and again from me. But all I can tell you is that's what God says. God's Word says it again and again and again to love one another. He doesn't put any conditions on it. He doesn't say love them only if they're not mean to you. It doesn't say, love them even if you don't like the way their hair's parted. It doesn't say any conditions. Love one another. If you go back to the passage in Matthew 22, after Jesus tells them what those greatest commandment was to love God, then he told them that there was an equally important commandment. In Matthew 22, and he says, And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus said that when you do these two things, that you've done all that's necessary, that you're showing me to the world, that these two things will cover that. The Apostle John records more of what Jesus had to say about that. This is when Jesus was given his final farewell to his disciples, and he says in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. But this shall be all men, this, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. That's how we prove to the world that we're followers of Christ. That we can love the unlovable. Because God did. Because Jesus does. You know, when it com comes down to the, the rubber meeting the road, it ain't about us, folks. It's not. You know how beautiful this church would be if we would get rid of ourself? Our selfishness? If we would look at everybody else before we looked at what we need or what we want? Do you know how the spirit in this church would explode? See, that's what God wants us to be. Selfless. How many know who Lou Gehrig was? 
baseball, if you're a baseball fan, you know. Lou Gehrig was the first baseman for the New York Yankees, and he died on June 2nd, 1941 of uh, ALS, which eventually became known as Lou Gehrig's disease. And the doctors really didn't know how to treat it, so he was in the hospital for a long time as they experimented with, with different kinds of drugs and, and therapies, uh, trying to find something that would work. Well, just before he died, Lou Gehrig called his friend Bob Considine, and uh, he said, Bob, I got great news. The boys in the lab have come up with a new serum, and they're trying it on 10 of us. He said, it seems to be working well on 9 out of 10. Bob asked Lou, is it working on you, Lou? And Lou answered, well, no, but nine out of 10, how do you like those odds? He was joyful because nine out of the 10 were being helped even if he wasn't one of those nine. We carry the love for others out into the world in our spiritual suitcases as we go through life. How many of us can be seen through our relations at work, in family situations, at the grocery store, as a loving person? Or do you look like you've been bathed in vinegar? You're a sourpuss, got that scowl on your face the whole time. Do you ever go through the grocery store? Anywhere you go. Do you ever do, see, look at people's faces when they're, when they're walking through the store? Makes me want to stop, I stop and pray for them. Well, Lord, I don't know why, I don't know what's going on in their life. I just hope that, that, that you get the demon out of them. We got Jesus in our life. We got nothing but smiles. We got nothing but light that we ought to be given. No matter how bad our life is, we got love. Can you do that? Lastly, we got spiritual stimulation. Look at verse 12 with me. They be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises, the promises of God. The writer tells us that if we'll carry ourselves with assurance that God is watching us and that he's approving how we live, and if we love with all our heart, soul, and mind, if we love each other, if we carry all these things in our spiritual suitcases, then we're not going to become dull spiritually. You see, we become dull and indifferent when we don't do what's right, when we let the world creep in, when we don't love God and we don't love each other. Our spirit suffers. It becomes dull. We fall out of fellowship with God. And we're no longer walking as effective Christian witnesses in this world. And, and that's sad. That's exactly what Satan wants to happen, too. He doesn't want us to be effective witnesses for Christ. When the world cannot see any difference between us and anybody else. 
then we have no spiritual stimulation. We're not doing what it is that we're supposed to as Christians. And brothers and sisters, there are things that come with our salvation that we have to carry with us in this world in order to fulfill the mission that God has given us for humankind. We got things to do. We and with the Christianity is not a passive religion. This is not sitting in a pew on a Sunday morning. We got to do things. What's in your spiritual suitcase? Do you even have one? I mean, you got one now, maybe. Maybe you have a spiritual suitcase, but maybe it's been empty for a while. Maybe it's just collecting dust. Maybe you're carrying it, but, but uh, you know, you just get your sandwich in it. God will help you fill that suitcase back up this morning. You just have to don't want it. Maybe you don't have a spiritual suitcase because you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you haven't seen the importance or the need. Maybe the world has just been too pretty for you. You're not ready, ready to give it up. But beloved, you can leave here today with your own, your very own spiritual suitcase. All you got to do is give your heart to Christ, give your life to the Lord. He gives us each an opportunity. He leads us. He wants us to give our lives to Him. It's not about me. It's not about the church. It's about Him first. Give your life to Christ. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for Your Word. We're thankful for suitcases. Something that we can visualize and, and grab a hold of either real or um, metaphorically that we need to fill our lives with the things of Christ. That we need to to be that light, to be the love of God to this world. To not be bashful, not be timid, not be afraid, but to be sold out for Jesus. Because Lord, you only give us one walk in this earth And I ask for guidance for myself, for my brothers and sisters here, that you would lead us, that we would do what it is that we need to do to be righteous in your sight, because you see it all. Be with us, Father, as we continue on 
to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Touch our hearts, our souls, our lives. We thank you for everything. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. All God's children said, Amen. And so we're going to do the Lord's Supper. I'm going to ask the uh, deacons to come up as we prepare. Uh, we offer um, this opportunity to anybody that's accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior to share with us. Isn't that what we want, really? Don't we want to be useful to the Lord every day? We can't do that without having our suitcase and having it filled with the things that we need in order for us to address a dying and dark world. Because it is. And it's only going to get worse. But we can be the light. Because of Him. Not because of us. Because of Him. We can be the light. So here's your challenge this week. What's in your suitcase? Do you have those four things that we went over today? Simple. Everything was super simple. Do you have it? Check your list. Check your suitcase. Can you do that? I know you can. I know you can. God bless you. I love you guys. You know what to do if you need me. You can knock on the door. You can give me a call. You can send us a text or... You know, send smoke signals. Whatever it takes, however we can help you, we're here for you. God bless you. Brother Mark, would you mind closing us today? Peace, I'm out. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise your holy name. Thank you for this uh, little church on the hill that you've given us. <coughs> Lead us, each of us as we do, our separate ways to... Uh, Use what you've given us to tell others about you. Please keep us safe and bring us back at the moment. Next morning, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.